0: good afternoon my name is Ian Chan principal of professional learning and development and I am pleased to welcome you to this special CPA Canada podcast in today's podcast we will discuss how a staffing company is managing cash flow and adapting its planning and forecasting activities based on its outlook for the economy on behalf of CPA Canada, it's now my pleasure to introduce today's host, Rob Torek, as well as our guest, Riaz Deshmukh. Rob is a senior manager in the financial accounting advisory services practice of Ernst & Young, where he works with a national and global team advising finance executives on a wide range of accounting and performance management issues. Riaz is senior vice president of IS2 Workforce Solutions, a staffing company which predominantly services the manufacturing and distribution sectors. Please join me in welcoming Riaz and Rob.
1: Good morning, everybody. My name is Rob Torek. I'm a senior manager with Ernst Young's Financial Accounting Advisory Services practice in Toronto. And I'm the lead host for CPA Canada's virtual classroom series on planning and forecasting. We're conducting a series of podcasts with our own folks and with some of our clients and contacts in industry to get a sense of how organizations are working through the pandemic that we're currently facing. It's right now April 20th to give you a sense of time frame as you're listening to some of the comments we're making, which hopefully will stand the test of time as you listen to these uh, conversations. On the podcast with me today is Riaz Deshmukh. Riaz is the Senior Vice President of IS2 Workforce Solutions, a staffing company, and Riaz has specific responsibilities for the finance team and the finance function at IS2. I'll let him share a little bit more about uh, his organization and the function that he leads in a couple of moments. So Riaz, thank you for joining us today. Let me start with a a fairly broad question for you. You're acting in a a functional capacity as the lead finance executive or senior finance executive of a mid-market interim staffing company. And I know that's considered an essential business, especially for some of your industrial and logistics clients. Can you share with us broadly how the crisis has impacted the company? That could be staffing levels, office staff working remotely, the needs of your clients, how you've managed a temporary workforce being provided to your client base, and of course, the social distancing challenge that all of us live with day to day. If you could share those thoughts with us, that'd be great.
2: Absolutely, Rob. Thanks for having me. Um, Obviously, because we service companies that are predominantly in the manufacturing and distribution sectors, we've seen a large number of uh, those customers that might be in a non-essential industrial scope to have to close or slow down their operations temporarily. And that has obviously had a trickle down effect to our contingent workforce. Uh, We do a lot of work in the automotive industry and and obviously with uh, the large manufacturers shutting their operations, this has had a trickle down into the types of organizations that we supply to that are suppliers to the major manufacturers. However, Uh, Thankfully, because of our uh, distribution scope for uh, large-scale online retailers, uh, companies in food manufacturing, companies in medical supply, manufacturing and distribution, we've still been able to maintain a strong level of business, which has been good. We've had to move our recruiters off-site and to be recruiting from home. Certainly some new challenges uh, that come along with that. But thankfully, our, our IT team had a bit of foresight early in March to say, we should look at this and be prepared and and get the equipment that we'll need so people can work effectively from home, still conduct interviews uh, on a virtual basis, but still at least have that virtual face-to-face contact uh, with our workers before sending them out to work. And some unexpected uh, challenges, things like bus routes being changed or cancelled or uh, workers not wanting to necessarily take the bus and having to uh, work with our customers in changing start times and schedule times and allowing more flexibility for employees to get to work on time. Uh, But thankfully, we work with some fantastic organizations. They've all taken, I think, some very, very reasonable steps and very quickly changed workflow processes to ensure that people are safe social distancing while at work, um, ensuring, like I said, between staggered start times and break times, that they're not uh, overtaxing and having too many people working in close quarters while at the same time being able to maintain their levels of uh, productivity. So it's been, as I said to someone, it's been the longest uh, six months in the last three weeks of my life, but uh, <laughs> not, you know, not, not without, uh, not without some, some nice outcomes, if there are any that can be taken from this, and in terms of the collaboration that we've seen with our internal staff and, and with our customers as well.
1: Great, thank you. I know you mentioned to me earlier that uh, some of your staff uh, your recruiters you said have been working from home and your office staff has been uh, somewhat spread out at least both physically and and virtually perhaps. Is that still the case
2: a- absolutely and and again uh, we're we're fortunate in that we've had systems set up whereby most of our work is kept either in the cloud uh, using IP based phone systems so these are all things that have made this type of a switch uh, very easy fairly easy to do, uh, and certainly much quicker than we would have, say, you know, 10 years ago. Uh, I I shiver to think what what that might have looked like, but thankfully, uh, people are settling in nicely. It it comes along with its own challenges, especially for those with families. But I think overall, the the staff have reacted very well and, and have stepped up to the challenge.
1: Great. That's good to hear. Uh, without getting into any specifics and confidentialities, of course, can you share with us any of the cash conservation actions that you might have taken to uh, to get through the crisis? And, and conversely, by the way, on anything on, on any issues or, or payment issues you may have had with your with your customer base, which I know tends to be larger organizations, but still everybody is uh, is struggling through some of the uh, the cash flow management crises of the day.
2: Absolutely. And. You know, Given that what we do is, is to provide uh, labor and contingent workers, uh, cash is always top of mind for us, uh, even at the best of times, because we are, for all intents and purposes, a cash business. Uh, we pay our employees and our contingent workers on a weekly basis. And then, of course, we're invoicing our customers accordingly. So uh, cash flow is always front of mind for us, and, and even more so at a time like this. Not a lot has changed in terms of how often we're looking at things or how we're looking at it. Uh, obviously, taking advantage of some of the deferrals being made by various government agencies, whether it's at the GST level, uh, workers' comp, EHT deferrals, uh, those are certainly helpful from a cash flow position. And as I mentioned earlier, we, we work with a really fantastic customer base who understand our business and understand uh, our requirements from a cash position. So thankfully, a couple of exceptions aside, uh, we haven't had any Real payment issues with our customers. Some have asked for a little bit longer and and put together separate plans. and And I think that's been again a very collaborative effort for most businesses trying to work together to get through this. We're also very fortunate that we've had a long-standing relationship with our banking partners. So certainly that has continued to play into this and, and in managing our cash flow. But uh, you know, thankfully, we're we're doing all right. and And Overall, no major concerns as yet. The longer this drags on, obviously, the, the more concerning that could become. But we've managed this because we've always had tight cash controls in place. I think that has certainly set us up to be able to weather this storm a little bit better.
1: Thank you. Let me ask you a different question. I know that the, the, in the last couple of weeks, or virtually every week in the last few weeks, various levels of government have been coming up with different forms of support, both at the individual and in the uh, in the, uh corporate space or the business space, uh, whether it's support or stimulus or deferral packages and programs. Again, without getting into specifics that may be applicable to you, do you see these as being valuable to the the mid-sized businesses of Ontario? Uh, How valuable are these types of programs?
2: You know, for us, we're in a little bit of an odd position in that we're significantly down, uh, but not quite at that 30% level or hovering right around it. Uh, And again, You know, we have had to make obviously some changes internally with our staffing levels uh, and some some cost cutting measures, but nothing that's going to have adverse impacts on the operation. And we're hoping what are really temporary measures with our with our internal staff. Um, Having said that, it's an odd position to be in because you're really grateful for the business levels that you're able to maintain. And at the same time, not at that level where some of these programs and specifically the, the emergency wage subsidy could have significant impact to our operations. Uh, but overall, I, I think, you know, these these programs are good. Certainly, I think these are decisions that are being made in very short time and, and trying to impact as many organizations as possible. I think there are some that will greatly benefit, some that are going to think this doesn't really apply to me and, and what is the government doing for me? And uh, it sounds like at least some of these programs that are coming out, they're trying to cast as wide a net as possible in terms of helping organizations. As far as the additional lending, uh, because we've got, as I mentioned, that great relationship with our bank, we haven't had to explore that in any depth as yet, thankfully. Uh, but I think there are some good programs, especially for smaller businesses out there.
1: Great. Let me let me change the focus of the conversation a little bit from sort of the day to day or the operational side of uh, of the business to uh, to planning and looking ahead. The, the the subject, as I mentioned earlier, of the planning and forecasting classrooms that I've been working on. Unless you have a crystal ball that's really, really good. Uh, in other words, a better one than anybody else on the planet. How far are, are you able to plan in, in terms of thinking about the both social restrictions, physical restrictions that we're facing, the state of emergency that we're dealing with? How far are you able to reasonably plan for the business? Are you, are you trying to do that planning in one or two week increments, months? Are you thinking four, six, eight months ahead? What type of, uh, what type of uh, planning window are you, uh, are you trying to work with?
2: You know, again, we're fortunate in that uh, we've set up regular weekly forecasts as part of our normal business operations for years. Having said that, to your point, even in the best of times, because we're so reliant on what our customers' needs are and reacting to that, uh, we are not able to forecast that far out with any great degree of certainty or accuracy. So we actually always conducted a rolling three-week forecast which gets updated on a weekly basis by our individual locations and managers. Uh, And beyond that, it certainly becomes more of a challenge. Having said that, we've tried to run models uh, over this last little while uh, and take a look at projections, cash flow projections, at least three to four months out and looking at three to four different scenarios, everything ranging from, all right, we're back to complete normalcy and we expect there's going to be a spike in business because of catch up to, you know, the the worst case scenario of further declines and shutdowns over an extended period? And how would we look to manage each of those situations? So, you know, for us, the what-ifs are are fairly simple. You know, what if these customers are no longer busy? busy? What if these customers spike? Um, And it's just, you know, there's an infinite number of situations we could be faced with. We've tried to pick sort of the three or four most likely or possible. And what would we do in each of these cases so that if and when they come to be, We've already got half the plan in place. It's just a matter of executing it on that point. But I would imagine that every business is going to be different in terms of trying to anticipate. I think most previous models or or whatever statistical information you have for your business, depending on it, has pretty much gone out the window at this point, uh, not knowing how the markets will recover, how the economy overall, what will spending look like. Um, questions that could keep you up at night a long time for sure.
1: As you were describing that, the only thought that was running through my head, Riaz, is that you should probably be doing the virtual classroom series that I'm doing, uh,
2: since you're executing
1: the very things that I'm uh, talking to folks about doing, like a rolling forecast and having multiple scenarios. If you don't mind, I may come back to that in in a couple of moments and uh, try to dive a little deeper into those questions, because from a planning and forecasting perspective, they fit very much into the uh, into the, if you will, the sweet spot of what we're trying to accomplish in some of these podcasts. But let me move on a little bit. Staying in the the general theme of planning, uh, what types of indicators, macroeconomic, social indicators, do you look at as you both plan the next couple of weeks and plan for the next few months? Or is it strictly looking at a customer by customer relationship and what you anticipate their business looking like? Uh, Are you looking at macroeconomic indicators, social indicators?
2: You know, that because we're dealing with such a social aspect to our business in that we're putting people out to work. Um, you know, for us, it's almost impossible to say, well, this is the one or two things we're going to be looking at to determine how our business is going to go. Obviously, unemployment rates are always something we're keeping a close eye on because it speaks pretty much directly to supply and demand uh, for workers in, in the scopes that we service. Uh, but because we do deal with so many different types of industries, even within the distribution sector, there's not one industry or one key indicator that we could focus on. Certainly we take a look at what are our online retailers and from their distribution channels, what's happening there? Are they still busy? Are they still getting orders? And and it's really a matter of staying as close to possible with all of our customers and just listening, what are they hearing? What is their business telling them? What are their forecasts looking like? And then trying to align as best as we possibly can with that. The challenge there of course, is so many of our customers, even today, just as they normally would, those forecasts and projections could literally change day to day, if not hour by hour. So I think, again, it's, it's gone back to how we've established relationships with our customers and really listening and just doing the best to plan accordingly based on what they're hearing and saying. But we don't have, uh, unfortunately, any sort of major indicator that we could look at and say, boom, when that happens, this is going to happen mm, because okay. it could really be so different from customer to customer.
1: Interesting. So it's more of a, it's very much a relationship-based forecast as opposed to a quantitatively driven one uh, that you would model and, uh, and, uh, and adjust on a macro basis. Okay.
2: Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think even more so, it's hard to predict what's going to happen as things return to normal. How will any future measures continue to impact sales, revenue, consumer spending? All of this will trickle down into our business one way or the other, dependent on who our customer is.
1: Thank you. Let me kind of go to to the last of our sort of planned questions, if you will, or the ones we were thinking of originally. How has uh, your productivity, and I see you are both perhaps personal as well as your team and your organization, been impacted by the need to work, not so much need to work remotely, but the forced requirement to work at length remotely, uh, as well as, of course, the emotional environment that that our current situation puts us in. How has uh, the organization and your own productivity been impacted?
2: I've been fortunate enough that uh, you know I, I've still uh, tried to come to the office, and I don't have the the best workspace at home, and and young family, so that becomes a little more challenging to work from home. However, overall, certainly, I can't sit here and say that our teams are as productive as they were two months ago, or even you know a month ago in our offices. But I'm I'm very proud of the way the team has reacted, uh, how they've rallied to an unprecedented situation and made it work for themselves. You talked a little bit about the mental health aspect of that. We've, we've stayed in touch having multiple touch points with our managers on a daily and weekly basis. We've brought our entire teams together for sort of virtual uh, fun video conference calls as well, just trying to keep the mood a little light. Uh, but at the same time, we've also instituted specific KPIs and measurements that we expect from them on a daily basis from a productivity standpoint to ensure that they are still doing the activities that will continue to allow us to drive the business forward albeit under very strange and, and, and trying times. And I think that's given a good focus and still a purpose to people that even though they might be working at home, there's still a job to be done. And, and like I said, I, I'm very proud of the way our teams have reacted to that and stepped up to the challenge.
1: Great. Let me let me close, Riaz, by kind of going back to what I said a few moments ago I'd like to come back to when you talked about uh, developing different scenarios or multiple scenarios ranging from the positive to the negative or best case, worst case, if you will, outcomes one of the things that I've talked about in the in the podcast series or sorry the virtual classroom series that I was doing is the need to have some type of base scenario from which you adapt to the circumstances of the day. Can you share with us a little bit more about how you develop some of these baseline scenarios, both again best case, worst case, and then your experience with how you're able to react and adapt the the actions of the business to the to the events that the company has to react to
2: absolutely i mean we We've always taken a lot of comparative approaches. Where were we at this point last year and and really over the last two years? So what have we seen as a trend in terms of increases or decreases, both on a collective consolidated uh, basis, but also on a branch by branch basis? Because we operate in multiple provinces and multiple cities, not everyone is necessarily going at the same pace, isn't going to increase at the same level. So there's a little bit of a breakdown also to, to looking at it region by region. But for us, we take a look at where were we at this point last year? How were we trending recently? Were we up? Were we down? Again, what are our customers telling us? What are our major customers? What new customers are we onboarding that might change those numbers accordingly? And then really looking and saying, okay, if we stay where we are today, here's what it's gonna look like over a longer period. If we're gonna go up 10, 20, 30 percent, because that's the trend we've had in the past, what does that look like? And conversely, if it gets worse, 10, 20, 30% worse than where we are today, what does that look like from a revenue standpoint, from a cash outlay standpoint, and really trying to integrate all those pieces in place? Uh, thankfully, I've got, we have, I should say, a wonderful team that that really works together on this. And it's great. I think the other thing is to, to listen to your team and listen to people that are doing it because they might consider something or, or have some thoughts on something you haven't considered. So it's always good to get a few voices at the table to say, uh, what about this? What about that? You know, are there certain expenditures we would look at reducing? Are there certain expenditures we should be investing in at this point in time? And what does that do to cash flow and, and the possible coming out of this faster? So we try to look at it in terms of what's our trend been in the past, but more so where are we today and where could it go from there? It sounds all you know very simple and, and it, there's really no easy way to put it. There's no simple one size fits all, but we try to at least look at it in terms of where have we been and, and if we go there again, either on a better pace or a worse pace, what will it look like in all aspects?
1: Thank you. That sounds great. Riaz, thank you so much for taking some time from your day today to, uh, to share with us your thoughts, share with CPA Canada's listeners and members some of your ideas and approaches to helping the organization and helping other organizations get through the current pandemic crisis and hopefully come out the other end of this in a better position than we're in. So we very much appreciate your time. Thank you and thank you to our listeners for today.
2: Thank you very much.
0: We thank you for listening to this podcast. For further information about CPA Canada and our available resources, I encourage you to visit our website at www.cpacanada.ca. This material is provided for educational purposes only. Although it has been carefully prepared and reviewed, the presenters and CPA Canada cannot accept legal responsibility for its contents or for any consequences arising from its use. The materials are meant to provoke and facilitate thought and reflection. The guidance provided to participants in response to these items is not to be interpreted as conclusive judgment on any specific situation and should not be directly applied to other situations.